Hello and welcome to the Bristol to Beijing podcast. I'm Luke Grenfell Shaw and I'm cycling from Bristol to Beijing on my tandem Chris. I left Bristol in January 2020 and it's fair to say it hasn't been straightforward so far. As I continue my expedition, I want to share the journey with you. And each episode, I'll be sharing my thoughts and experiences from the past week on the road. And occasionally, I'll also be chatting with someone who can shed some light on the country I'm in as I try and understand the world a little better. So, without further ado, what's happened this past week? As usual, Kate is going to be asking me some questions and we can explore what's happened these past seven days on the road. Kate, over to you. Yeah, you're seeming quite sprightly and energetic this morning. You can explain to us exactly why and where it is that you are as I'm speaking to you right now. Right. The reason I'm energetic this morning is down to having three espressos and then going for a run and then having a beautiful Turkish breakfast. And that's basically been the perfect start to the Sunday morning. The place I'm in is perhaps an unexpected one. It's only unexpected from my perspective. And I should say that Kate doesn't actually know where I am right now. We've decided we have an embargo that Kate actually finds out what's happened the previous week through this conversation. I'm in Ankara right now. You were in Ankara two weeks ago. So, <laughs> so you went from Ankara to Cappadocia by bus and then you said you're going back to Ankara to pick up your bike but that should have been a few days ago that's right and I did go back to Ankara and I did pick up my bike and you know what I also set off so I was joined by this great guy called Anil Anil Lokman and interesting fact Lokman in Turkish means doctor so he's kind wow. of called Dr Anil that he's not a doctor oh so if you became a doctor he'd then become doctor doctor I suppose so Lockman, Lockman. I'm sure there's a joke to be made about Doctor Who here and like Lockman Who. So if anyone wants to come up with that joke and send it in, we'd love to hear it. Anyway, actually, I set off on Thursday morning from Ankara with Anil and we were heading northeast to the coast of the Black Sea because that is significantly flatter than heading east which would take us through Erzurum and add on about 8,000 meters of extra climbing all told. Ouch. So we made some really fantastic progress. Some of the most enjoyable riding I've done since I think Croatia, which is bizarre thinking about it, but the sun was just shining. It felt like summer. The snow of two weeks ago has been replaced by sort of 15 degrees wow. and blazing sun. So I was in shorts and we were just making excellent progress. We're absolutely smashing it. When we left Ankara, I knew that there was like a couple of little problems with the bike, but I was very hopeful and optimistic that I would be able to get to Tbilisi before anything went wrong. And it was mainly talked about in the first week that mm. some bolts sheared in the roll-off gears. Now, we got to this place called Sunguru, excuse my pronunciation. How far was that from Ankara? Yeah, so that was 180 k's, something like that. Two days riding. Okay. And we're about two kilometers from Sunguru. And then we got a flat tire, which was annoying. And we looked at the back tire and there was no glass in it. And we're just like, well, what's created it? And then I was running my finger around the rim. And then I felt this really sharp edge. And what had happened is the rim had broken in two places. So ah. it had split and there was basically daylight. So essentially your wheel was completely and utterly... Fucked. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. That's what you wanted to say. And... That's going to cause a problem when you're trying to cycle anywhere. Yeah, a huge, huge problem. And not what I expected at all. That rim was new in Moldova. It's probably done less than 1,500 Ks. Ooh. And so we'd had these two gorgeous days of riding. 
And then all of a sudden it became very, very clear that we weren't going to do a single more day until I'd got this rim replaced. So it, oh. yesterday we got the bus back to Ankara. Wow. And that's why I'm still in Ankara. <laughs> but at least you're going to be able to enjoy those beautiful days of riding again. Absolutely. It's all too easy in this these situations to kind of be annoyed or, or whatnot. But, you know, it's just the reality that there's absolutely no way I could carry on i've got to come back to ankara and so it's like a very clear obvious decision and when the decision is obvious you just get on with it i think it's when there's like multiple options available that's when it becomes a lot more difficult to know what to do and how to feel about it i'm back in ankara i'm gonna try and go to some museums that i didn't go to before Mm. go to a castle and that'll be fine how long do you think it'll take for these repairs to occur Luckily, they do have a new rim, so we can put that in. But the guy who's doing it apparently doesn't work on Mondays. So it's going to take three, four days and then try and get back on the road as as soon as possible. And then next week, we'll speak to you, hopefully, from where you were supposed to have been this time this week. Exactly. Yeah. So you've obviously learned to be quite flexible with your planning then. Yeah. And I think one thing that's worth saying here is that I am in a different situation in that there isn't a hard and fast time cut off. So spending an extra three or four days or a week somewhere doesn't affect me too much because I'm not worried about getting to Beijing or Georgia a week later. But that would be quite different if I was really trying to chase a deadline and that would put a lot more pressure on onward journey. But I don't feel that. So Is that something that's changed your feeling towards sort of timings and having to get somewhere or the pace that you're riding at? Has that changed over the course of the past year and a bit since you set off from Bristol? Yeah, it definitely has. To begin with, it was so important for me to have uh, different people join on the back of the tandem for every day. For me, that seemed like a really, really important thing at the time. And it was. But what it meant is it put an absolute iron grip on where I had to be on each and every day. And then future logistical nightmares of trying to work out who would be at which airport and when I needed to be there and how many days that was going to take. And, you know, there was just no flexibility. Whereas now it is a lot more flexible, which is amazing to have that flexibility. Is that a result of your experience or your time spent on the road? Or do you think that's a result predominantly of the situation that we're currently finding ourselves in with COVID and the fact that people are restricted in terms of travel? Yeah, that, that's a great question. I think what COVID did is it obviously halted the ride mm. and then it gave me the opportunity to rethink how I wanted to do everything. And it is going to be really difficult to get people out. So I'm not going to try and make it one of the overwhelming priorities of the ride. If it happens, that's brilliant it's been fantastic in turkey that i've already shared the journey with two people for a significant period of time Mm. but my attitude now is if it doesn't happen then that's not at all the end of the world it's just great when it does yeah make most of it when you do have someone on the back and enjoy that Mm. so this last week hasn't gone as planned but presumably you've met people maybe not the people you'd expected to meet is there anyone in particular or any stories from people you've met that you'd like to share with us Yeah, actually. So one of the really great things that um, I rediscovered this week was the beauty and enjoyment of not cycling for all hours of daylight and actually getting to a city still with time to wander around in the evening. And so the first day with Anil, we got to this place called Kakale. And then we spent the afternoon wandering around the city. We ended up in a park and we were just chatting in English and then this guy comes over and he's like i don't hear very much english spoken here like where are you from and it turns out this guy called wasim was from baghdad from iraq wow. and he was an engineer there and he had to leave 
because he got death threats because he wasn't prepared to sign a contract. And he gave us really interesting insight to what it's been like to be a refugee here in Turkey. A really incredibly friendly and hospitable guy and invited us back for tea. And this is a guy who lives on the amount of money he gets from his apartment that he rents out in Baghdad. And he invited us for tea. And then tea turned into pizza, baklava, fizzy drink, this whole extravaganza, which we had no idea. And it was incredibly striking to think how generous he was when I don't know that many people in the UK who would meet someone out of the blue in a park, just get chatting and say, oh, just come around to my house. And by the way, we're going to cook all this food for you. It was It was really special. But then it was also interesting hearing about his life in Turkey, that for the first three or four years, he was able to move and his family able to move around. And they went to Antalya, went to Istanbul. But for the last couple of years, pre-COVID, it's been nigh on impossible for them to move around. They need a permit from the local police force. Is that due to their refugee status? Exactly. And it's not really granted anymore. They don't have that much autonomy and it was slightly heartbreaking to hear that Wasim's hope of getting the opportunity to move emigrate to to Canada through the United Nations program something he thought might have happened within a year or two of him arriving in Turkey and he's still here Mm. and not allowed to work um, and really not finding life at all easy so and yet in all of that he was very, very welcoming and hospitable, but also quite visibly um, confused about some of the negative comments and attention he'd received from Turkish people. And he was asking Anil about that. And and he was like, I I don't have a problem at all. Mm. I don't understand why people would. So that was quite a powerful episode. And it's quite a contrast as well, that restriction on his movement when put alongside the fact that you're currently traveling freely from one end of Europe to the other end of Asia. I think that's a really good point. And I mean, it's kind of bullshit, but it's like a passport, Mm. you know, being British somehow means you're allowed in any different country. It's, it's really wrong. It doesn't seem, no, it doesn't seem fair, does it? So we sort of heard about your attempts at traveling to this week or not. But I think the main thing of this week really is in the people that you've met, um, the people who you've been able to speak to that you wouldn't otherwise have met with. What about any particular highs for you this week? Also any particular things that were really not very good? I mean, my assumption right now is that probably your bike breaking, but maybe there was something else that was a difficulty or a challenge this week. Um, So I guess the high of this week, beyond meeting a lot of wonderful people, was really enjoying the cycling. And this isn't something that is always the case. And it is a fact that I do this on a very heavy bike and often solo. But to be able to share it in this beautiful, gorgeous sunlight, it was so nice to enjoy the process of riding. So that was one thing. Mm -hmm. And to begin to get a little bit sunburnt. But I think the low of this week was the uncertainty in the back of my mind about whether I would make it to Tbilisi with bits of my bike falling apart or just about holding together. Mm. And so actually there's a sense of relief. I'm back in Ankara and I'm going to 
properly sort things out mm. and I think that's going to be a real weight off my mind to get that sorted bike maintenance then for you in the next few days before you set off again yeah and then yeah. you can tell us hopefully next week about your actual time spent on the road incredible progress exactly <laughs> we've had a few questions that have been sent in for you to answer the question that was sent in from isaac is why did you choose beijing to cycle through and now do not tell me it's because it also starts with a b as same as Bristol. <laughs> Alliteration is not a valid answer. Damn it. I would like a real answer as to why you oh. chose to cycle to Beijing. So I think there are there are two parts to this. Now, the first of which is I was I've been interested for a long time in the continent of Eurasia and the Middle East, the former Soviet Union, Central Asia. And exploring these countries in particular, there's so much variation and variety, which also ties in with parts of the world I've been very interested in before. I spent time in Lebanon, Kuwait, Saudi, Russia, Kyrgyzstan, Tajikistan, and I wanted to sort of experience more of it and in some way sort of tie it all together. And so that's why I really wanted to focus on Eurasia. And to me, the logical end point of that is sort of the east coast of China. Now, the mm. second part which now isn't really so relevant, but was very much part of why I chose Beijing, apart from the obvious alliterative appeal, which is great, is something called the Belt and Road Initiative, or One Belt, One Road. And this is a Chinese-led infrastructure initiative launched in 2013 in the region of about $1 trillion, involving 80 different countries of signed up to varying degrees of meaningfulness. And so basically, yeah, huge, huge infrastructure investment in road, rail, industry, energy, all sorts. Mm. And one part of it is called the New Economic Silk Road, which goes okay. from China through to Europe. And I was really interested by the idea of contrasting this New Economic Silk Road with this idea of the Silk Roads. And Peter Frankopan wrote this really fantastic book. I massively enjoyed reading it. And I haven't really reached the point yet when the hub of the Silk Roads, which would be places like Uzbekistan and Bukhara and Samarkand, but really interested to sort of see well, what exists of these old Silk Roads and what exists mm. of these new Silk Roads. Okay. And I haven't seen that much so far, to be honest. And with COVID, the focus of the ride has, I guess, changed a bit. And I'm now aware that I'm traveling Eurasia at this time when I guess very few people are traveling yeah. and being able to capture snapshots in time of what these countries, how they're behaving, how they're responding to, you know, the biggest pandemic that we faced for a hundred years. Mm. So the, the focus has changed a bit, but that's, that's why Beijing was originally chosen. If you weren't cycling to Beijing, where else do you think you would have chosen to go to? Ooh. And don't just pick another Eastern Chinese city. <sighs> But one other thing that I would love to do is to cycle around the perimeter of Africa. Okay, yes. Another big ride. So <laughs> I asked you this question last week. And obviously the answer turned out not to be quite as you'd expected. But next week, where is it that you hope to be speaking to us from? 
at the end of next week, all being well, I will be in Samsung. It's on the north, northern coast of Turkey on the Black Sea. And from that point on, it should be pretty flat and quick going to Georgia. So that is where I hope to be, though. Some mountains along the way. I'm going to be passing quite close to the birthplace of Boris Johnson's great-grandfather, okay. who's, of course, Turkish. And, yeah, it's going to be hitting up the sea. Hopefully you will find some people who will be joining you on the back of Chris. I'm, I'm always optimistic. And, uh, yeah, there's a good chance. I'll let you know. Anyone who's listening in Turkey and is en route, let Luke know. And if you've got any questions for me to ask Luke next week, do drop us a message and I will ask Luke and find out his answers. And that was this week's episode. I really hope that you enjoyed it and thanks so much for listening. We put a lot of time into the podcast, so please do support us by subscribing, reviewing and rating. And please send in your questions that you have about any aspect of life on the road to Bristol to Beijing on social media. Until next week, goodbye.